everybody. It's comedian Trent McClellan, and you're listening to my podcast called The Generators. Every single week, I have a cool guest, and we talk about uh, life, professions, creativity, success, failure, and all sorts of other cool stuff. In every single one of these conversations, I learned a great deal, and I'm pretty sure you're going to learn a great deal, too. So uh, hang on tight, and thanks for listening to The Generators. Hey everybody, what's up? Uh, it's Trent McClellan with the Generators Podcast. Yay! Uh, I'll make my own applause. That's nothing to me. I don't care. I'm not above it. Um, I'll just generate it myself. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on back. I hope you're having a good day. It is. I'm recording this intro part anyway on uh, Monday, July 30th, 2018. Okay? Anyone else feeling like summer's moving at the speed of light? You know, like we're into August real quick here. And I feel like before the summer started, I had all sorts of summer plans, everybody. I was going to do things. There was places I was going to go, stuff I was going to do, books I was going to read. And now here we are. Basically, a few weeks left of summer. I don't mean to depress you. I just do understand how fast time is moving. And this summer more so than any. It feels like, you know, like I wrapped up at uh, 22 minutes. End of uh, March, I guess. Went to New York City straight away from that. I thought, oh, I got the whole summer ahead of me. Oh, well, I run out of things to do, and here I am now approaching August, and I didn't get to do half the stuff that I wanted to do. Just, man, oh man, that's another sign of getting older, isn't it? Just all the time. That's what it is. Hmm, well, that's a pretty sobering thought. Thought I'd, But if you're feeling that too, let me know. Hmm? Write a comment. Send me an email. Trent at TrentsComedy.com. Trent at TrentsComedy.com. Send me an email. Tell me how your summer's going. What's happening with you? Is it moving really quick? Is it dragging out? I don't know. But it feels like it's moving pretty slow for me. Or pretty quick, sorry, for me. I don't know. It's just, I got to pack up and go back to Halifax soon. So I don't, I don't even know what's happening. So uh, whew, crazy. Anyway, I just got back from the Just for Last Festival in Montreal. Was there all last week. Did a bunch of shows that I thought went really, really well. Did uh, one warm-up show at the Comedy Nest, then did my gala taping at the big theater there, um, which I think is probably the biggest venue I've played to date in 14 years of stand-up. I think 3,000 people, 4,000 people, whatever it was, is the biggest thing. I mean, this thing just had, just had balconies that went on forever. Like, you felt like you were looking straight up if you wanted to try and make eye contact with the people in the very top. I mean, it was just... It's a massive burn, as they say, but uh, incredible experience, so much talent around. I mean, talent that's, you know, household names from like, you know, Dave Chappelle, um, Trevor Noah, Amy Schumer, who show, I checked out Dave Chappelle's show with John Mayer, was incredible, so much fun. Chappelle is just, I mean, a man's a genius, just has cranking out new material all the time and thoughtful stuff that makes you ponder and kind of go hmm yeah that's a good point uh and his thing with Mayer, which was so unique and i'm a big john Mayer fan as well as you may know 
Um, such a cool thing. Unfortunately for that show, which was at the Bell Center where the Canadians play hockey, massive place. I had got tickets to this show, but they had a couple of opening acts. They had a DJ. So by the time the portion of the show where uh, John and uh, Dave Chappelle got together to do their thing, I had to leave because I had to go to my own show, you know. But that's it. When you're a professional comedian, you got a gig too. And I'm like, all right, I got to get out of here. And it killed me, but I had to go do a set at the Comedy Nest, which went really, really well. So I was happy with that too. But, I mean, just so much talent on display. And you feel like, man, I'm just so lucky to be part of this community of all these incredibly talented people. And everyone's just kind of hanging out. You're meeting people, telling stories. Uh, I went to a bunch of sessions. Saw Barry Katz podcast, Industry Standard, done live, which was an incredible episode. You should check out when it drops. Um, so good and uh, yeah just overall an amazing experience and also I realized how many amazing volunteers and staff are part of that festival that make it operate I mean you have so many acts um, so many people from the industry that are there they have to transport and get plane tickets for and hotel rooms get people to shows Um, it's a big big operation and uh, they did a tremendous job I thought it was a it was an incredible time, and you, you leave there. I think I, I, this is my second time there, and I left there this time feeling even more inspired to create, to keep creating and generating things, you know, and keep, keep making stuff and putting it out there in the world, whether that's stand-up or more episodes of the podcast or whatever it is. So um, I was really, really inspired on my, even on the way home on the plane ride back. I was writing down notes of stuff I wanted to accomplish this week and stuff I want to accomplish before I head back to 22, and um, <clears throat> that's a great thing about those kind of experiences. They can really fire you up and, and, um, and uh, or kind of reinvigorate you again. So I think that's what it did. So thanks to Zoe Rabnett and everyone at Just for Last for an incredible experience. It was amazing. And uh, I would love to return someday. Hopefully that will happen sooner rather than later. But an incredible experience. And again, so much talent. Just, uh, just, just going by. Like I, we walk out the door. My wife and I walk out the door of the hotel. And, uh, you know, we're going to get a coffee. Who's hanging out, just sitting around, just just standing up, holding court is uh, Dave Chappelle and Trevor Noah just having a, just, you know, how was your day? Good. You? Good. You know? And we just, like, had to play it like it was every day. Like, yeah, what's, I'm going to get a coffee. I don't know what, you know, do you ask them if they want coffees? I don't know. Like, I did, they were had other people there, so we just kind of kept walking. I don't, it was just, that, and that happened all weekend. You just... You turn a corner and there's someone super mega famous. And you're like, ah, okay, that's... You don't know who you're in the elevator with. It could be someone from a network, like from from CBC to NBC to whoever. You have no idea who you could be in, a, in an elevator with at some point. So, um, yeah, man, just such a blast. It was so much fun. All right, enough rambling from this guy. Um, this episode of the Generators podcast is uh, is kind of hockey-specific, and sports-specific, and more importantly, it's Calgary Flames-specific because I have the assistant general manager of the Calgary Flames on this one. Bam! How you like me now? The Rebel will not... Okay, that's a LL Cool J song. But I do have Craig Conroy on the show. Craig's one of the nicest people you're going to meet in sport or anywhere. I caught up with him at uh, Winsport uh, here in Calgary as they were having their rookie camp during Stampede. And uh, caught up with him on day one, I think, of that, or day two. And uh, what an amazing conversation. Super nice guy. Uh, so likable. Just a genuine dude. 
And uh, yeah, man, if you're a Flames fan or you're a hockey fan, this one is for you. I think you're really going to enjoy this. So enjoy my chat with the Flames Assistant General Manager, Mr. Craig Conroy. All right, Craig Conroy, we're here at Winsport. This is a wicked facility, dude. I, I come from Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, uh, where we played hum, at Humber Gardens, where when it rained, uh, the ice got flooded. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> it was a crap. It was, it, she was an old building, and I'm walking in here, and I'm like, yeah, there's some bucks in Calgary. There's a few bones just hanging around. This place is unbelievable, man. It's state-of-the-art. I Unreal. mean, I don't think you'd find U.S., Canada, around the world. It's one of the top facilities. It's, it's amazing that we have it here in Calgary. It's insane. It's insane. Now, this is the start of rookie camp. Do you guys purposely do this during Stampede Week? You're like, oh, man, we're going to bring in when Calgary is shining the prettiest. It's like, oh, look at look how great a city this is. And is that done on purpose? Exactly. I mean, we, <laughs> the weather is beautiful, beautiful day out there today. Stamp, we bring them down to the Stampede. Right? We let yeah. them kind of, you know, and when camp's over, I think a few of the guys might actually go down and check out what Stampede's all about. Yeah. But, for us, you know, to be able to take them out to the mountains too, they go on a hike and yeah. all the different things. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty. You can't find a better time. No, you true. Know, <laughs> if you had to bring people, you know, maybe in the dead of winter and it was a long winter this year. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, to bring them now, they they get a false sense maybe of what yeah. Calgary's all about, but yeah. it's all good. Well, yeah, you don't bring them here in January, right? When it's like minus thirty-five, like what is happening right now? It's like, yeah, God, we forgot to mention that part that sometimes your car doesn't start and you got to plug it in from time. To they're like, is it always this light here? It's light from like four o'clock in the morning till like eleven. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's always like that. Well, dude, this totally screwed up my dog because the dog hears the birds chirp and he's like, oh, it must be time to get up. So now breakfast is five a.m. I'm up five a.m. every morning with the dog. I'm like, dude, I, I, th- this doesn't. I still got to get sleep just because you heard a bird doesn't mean it's time to get up. But he's all he's all screwed up. He has no idea what's happening. So I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so how do you pronounce? Is it Potsdam, New York? Potsdam, New York. Yeah. How big a place? What's what's it uh, like there? You know what? It's uh, two colleges in the town. Okay. So pretty much a college town. You know, when I grew up, there's about 7,500 people that live in the town. Yep. I'm pretty much related to everybody. Right on. You know, so it's, it's a small town. And then uh, when, when the students come in with Clarkson and Potsdam State, there's probably another, I bet you it gets up to 25, you know, 25 okay. to 28,000. So right. dur- during the school years, it's busy. It's a small town, though. Uh, yeah. And then in the summers, it's, it's pretty quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Not the scary thing shaking. is we have three rinks there. You know, you oh, really? Three rinks in, in 20, 25 to 28,000 people. So was hockey like hockey big there in, uh, in that area? You know, it's huge. And, and we're probably only 25 minutes from the border. So oh, when okay. I, was, I was young, like we literally would, you know, we're drawn from 7,500 people. Right. We go to Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa. I mean, AAA teams that are drawn from those areas. And we would get crushed. <laughs> 18-3-21 until we got this one player, Scott Legrand. He was a goalie. Right. He was so good. He ended up getting later on. He went to BC, drafted by the Flyers. Like so, we got him. All yeah. of a sudden, we're winning four <laughs> two. Scraping you know, it out. It's amazing to have a goalie. Like when Kipper got here, when <laughs> if you have a goalie, you have a chance. Get some wins. You can find a way. We were great tonight. No, you weren't. They had seventy eight shots, but it's Kipper a, stood on his head. Yeah, it's exactly. amazing. You lose eighteen to one, and then you win four three two years later with the same team. <laughs> Against we, the same players. Do we get that much better? No, you didn't. <laughs> Scott Legrand. We got a goalie, buddy. We got a goalie. That's <laughs> hilarious. Um, yeah, it's amazing because I, I was looking up a little bit about your career and stuff, and 
one of the themes for a lot of athletes that have been on the podcast is like the college hockey route. And, um, and, uh, Comrie was talking about like how much he just, he had such a blast. Right. And Steph Labe, who played for the women's uh, national team, she's a goalkeeper for the soccer team. She played at UConn as well. And I think, I think for a lot of folks, like I played soccer in university. I think for a lot of folks who haven't played university or college athletics, like it's an awesome experience. Like I, I mean, from the people that you meet, from time management skills that you're learning, all that stuff. Like, what was your experience like playing playing in college? You know, it was so. I went to Clarkson. My two uncles went to Clarkson. Yep. My dad went to Clarkson. I went away to Northwood, so uh, prep school kind of. Now there's USH. There's so many more leagues now to play in. So I had to leave Potsdam to kind of get noticed. So I went to right. prep school. I had a bunch of offers, but, uh, you know, growing up, my grandfather and I used to go to every game at, at Clarkson, so I always wanted to be a Golden Knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my dream, so for me to go and come back, and even the first year, we were in the old Walker Arena, tiny little barn, like, yeah. it was like Boston Garden, like, it was small, we had a huge team, yeah. we didn't lose one game all year, so when I grew up as a little boy, I'd run around that, I was a maniac at that thing, and uh, to be able to play there, and the pep band, and just to be in that atmosphere, I mean, it was a dream come true for me. And, and truthfully, I mean, I thought college hockey was going to probably be it. You know, get okay. an education, six-round trip, pick a Montreal when I was in Northwood. Yep. Uh, you know, so the reality was I thought, hey, I'm going to go to college, have a lot of fun, you know, get my education, and then probably just get a job when I'm, when I'm done. Right on, yeah. So you, NHL wasn't even on the horizon for you. Like, when did it become like, oh, this could possibly happen? Well, it's funny. So after that first year – this little Sylvain Lapointe was a third round pick for, for Montreal, and I was a six round pick. So we went right to the final four. We actually got knocked out by uh, Matthew's dad, Keith Kachuk. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they took us out uh, <laughs> at the final four, and then they went on to lose the finals. So I felt, I felt bad. Justice. For, yeah, it, it all worked out for them. Uh, <laughs> but so what we came back, and the Montreal brass search of art, everybody was, they were down and they yep. wanted us to leave right then. Okay. So I thought, geez, you know, I had a real good year. I was on the all rookie team. Everything went really well. Team's great. Final four. And, uh, that's when I kind of thought, geez, you know, and Sylvain left, he actually left and, and I stayed, I still thought, well, let's see how it goes here. I mean, you know, it, it was a whirlwind, yep. you know, so then I ended up getting an agent after to try to figure out what's going on. I didn't even have an agent at that point, or <laughs> now it's called family advisor ah, in college. So new name. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. In college, it's a family advisor. <laughs> uh, so when you're kind of going through all that, it was, that's the first time I thought, well, oh, maybe, maybe there's something there. Right. You know, I ended up staying four years still. And then, uh, you know, I was up for the Hobie. I ended up coming second in the voting for the Hobie Baker the last year. Oh, wow, and, man. And then, uh, you know, the contract was there and off I went. But, yeah. you know, I, I just, it's weird because now, I, you know, junior teams, you kind of see the different side. But I really didn't know about that, you know, growing up in Potsdam. Yeah, right. You know. You wouldn't have been exposed to it. No. And I think, too, right, you're, you're at a different era, too, where, you know, you don't have the Internet so much to per se to kind of look and there's so much TV focus on it and every channel's got this stuff on there. You know, you're kind of living in a bit of a bubble, right, back, back in the day when we think about the difference in media and just access, like Internet, that kind of stuff, you know? Totally. So, I mean, it, now you just, you know, if you want to find something, you just get online yeah. and, and you can see exactly what's like sitting it's amazing yeah you know maybe good and bad sometimes <laughs> that's right yeah, exactly yeah but the mystery's gone right like i always think about that when i travel it's like back in the day like someone traveled in the 80s they went to paris like they literally arrived and were like oh that's what it looks like but now you're like okay here's the hotel we're staying at there's a coffee shop across the street like there's no surprise anymore right <laughs> yeah, you know you, i mean that's the thing you go in you see that you know the world stuff and 
literally see from where you are, spin around 360, see yeah. everything with the hotel you're yeah. at. You're like, oh, this is okay. Yeah. That's exactly what which it looks is, like. Which is convenient, but it, it does take out the element of like surprise and living. Like, oh man, you used to just get out your, like I used to go to hotels and you go, okay, I'm just going to go explore. Now it's like coffee shop three minutes away. It's like, oh, okay, that's good. But kind of part of me is like, ah, something's died. <laughs> so it's like, I miss exploring an adventure. So, okay. So this is the start of the rookie camp. So guys are basically down there right now cursing. I mean, they're throwing up down there. They're just like, this is the worst day of my life pretty much right it is you know it's, it's just one bike test it's just that two and a half minute bike test okay well, you where out. you really other than that it's not bad I okay mean, I, that's what i found but uh it's not fun that yeah. two and a half you are mad the wind gate you know it's over in 30 seconds right you know i think ours is only 15 seconds here this year so okay i mean yeah it it's you all out 15 seconds that thing's over yeah yeah <laughs> you do it a couple times you're like that wasn't bad that two and a half minute bike it's a load like once you get to, you think you're almost there and they're like a minute you're like what i got a minute and a half <laughs> keep to go going, keep <laughs> what do you mean that was it <laughs> marty jelena was a machine jerome was a machine just Rob push it up. gear i me, I had to grind. Yeah. Well, you hit that wall, man. It's like, I don't have anything left. It's like, you better find it. You better dig it and find it. It's just that lactic uh, acid in your leg builds up, and oh, you're like, man. I got to push through this. Yeah, go, 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 go. So t- talk about a little bit about, you know, you're a rookie coming in these situations. When you think back about your, your own career coming in, like what's going through someone's mind right now? Like is it just, is it kind of a situation where you don't sleep the night before, your mind is kind of racing, you don't know what to expect, you want to impress obviously. Uh, like take me, like walk me through what that's like for someone coming into a camp like that. It's true. So I was up in Montreal, so going up there, I mean obviously uh, you don't know what to expect. You yeah. just come in and for me, the Montreal Canadiens were my team. I was excited. You know, you get in there, you're, you're seeing all the legends of the Montreal Canadiens are around. Right. You know, so I get up there, you're nervous, you're tense, you don't really feel great, <laughs> you want to test really well, you want to do everything, you know, every drill you want to be perfect. But I think, you know, once, you get, once you're there a couple of days, you, you figure out all the guys are a little nervous too. Right. You know, some guys have been here two, three times. So the, the one thing we expect, hey, you've been here, help the guys. You know, even last night, they kind of sat in three groups kind of uh you know all the free agent guys were in one area right. the, the guys that we drafted were one and the new young guys were over here in one right. group. so you know ray edwards made a point hey okay it's fine we came in here now tomorrow we want to spread out right we want to help the younger guys that are here we want to we want to make everyone feel comfortable and yep. you know we could all be teammates down the road here so that's Start what this is all about yeah so you know we try to do it like that and then uh you know, we split the groups up so it's kind of like that. We put them in different spots. In the, you know, right. we really are thinking way ahead. Yeah. Maybe overthinking it, but yeah. we want to make sure everybody comes here because you are. You're nervous. You're, yeah. you know, the butterflies, and then you want to test well, and because you don't know if you're going to get another chance. That's you know? right. And that's the hard part. And you're doing it in four or five days. You want to make a good impression. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you want to make sure you come in and uh, you're you're memorable at least, right? You know, for the right reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, quick story. I hit Patrick Wall my first day at camp. You what? And he attacked me, and I got beat up by both teams. <laughs> so pretty much, probably most people have heard that story, but I was so jacked up in the old Montreal Forum, and I'm on Patrick Waugh's team. Loved it. And I got a little excited. The shot got carried away. I hit him right in the head with a slap shot from the blue line. Mistake. He stopped the practice and charged me. It was on. It was on. I mean, that was like four minutes into my So as career. he's coming at you, like Apologizing. what's Apologizing. Sorry. I'm putting my hands up. You're not like, this is my shot to make the team. If I no. knock this guy out. Well, I mean, if literally, I t- he blockered me square in the forehead, 
and both teams jumped me. It was like both teams, both teams we're going to kill you. You're dead. What were you thinking? I'm like, I was not thinking. I am not thinking. I just want to go home right now. My career is over. <laughs> Done. It started. It's over. And you know, in the old forum, they didn't have the glass behind, so the reporters could walk right up. So, I mean, the microphone is right in my face. What were you thinking? Obviously, I wasn't thinking. The booms were everywhere. It was a, that was a long, long first day. Can you imagine Patrick Waugh gets a concussion. He's out for this season. Like, yeah, rookie came up, wasted a, a, a riser just off his forehead. He's gone for the season. Uh, let's bring in uh, Craig Conroy to talk about what happened. Uh, did the management pull you aside and go, kid, come here? Did anyone pull you aside and go, hey? You know what? It was funny because the, the coaches, did, they said, hey, it happens. Patrick yeah. gets a little, he's a little high-headed. Right. So he goes, it wasn't that bad. You yeah. Know? So d- don't worry about it. He'll get over it. <laughs> but I'm thinking, best player in the world, just won a Stanley Cup, star. You know, they won all those overtime games. He was the reason. Right. Like, and I'm thinking, oh, my, what did I do? My career is done. You know, and then I'm almost thinking I need to get sent to Fredericton right now. I'm like, can they just send me down today? Yeah. Because the next day we're on, our, we're on the same team. All right. I mean, and he looks, you know, and in my mind, he's probably not even thinking about it. Yeah. But I'm thinking he's staring right through me. Yeah. This guy hates this kid's me. Dead. He's not saying anything to me, so yeah. he hates me. <laughs> <laughs> it was wild, too, because, like, I remember, man, trying out for teams, like, playing soccer back in the day. And you'd see some one of the players talking to the coach, and they had a laugh. And I would think to myself, Oh, that guy's on a team. That guy plays my spot. He likes that guy. Like, you start telling yourself all these bullshit stories, and it's like, no, that just, he just said something. It means nothing, but you get in these situations where everything is so tense and you want to make this team yeah. so bad, you start putting weight and gravity on these things that really make no difference. Every day you walk in as a player, I'd walk in and look at the board or the jersey color. Instantly in my mind, I knew. Yeah, I knew who you're playing with. Who are these guys NHLers? Or are they not? Or ooh, are you, which group are you in? Oh, they're they're going to make cuts today. You read into a million things. Yeah, yeah. You know, now being on this side, there's probably some good. You know, yeah, there's there, some is, there is some logic to it. But you know, in other times, especially early on in camp, it means nothing. Yeah, yeah, it really means nothing. But as you get later. <clears throat> There is some substance yeah. to everything that goes on. But the irony of it is, it still can't affect the way you go out and perform. At the end of the day, you still got to go out, give it everything you got, and deliver, right? So it's not like, well, I'm on this squad today, so I'm going to phone it in. It's like, no. there's no time to sulk, no, right? You, you got to dig in. You got you to regroup quickly, yeah. you know? Say, okay, hey, maybe, maybe they don't think as highly of me as some of the other guys, but if I have a really good day, yeah. if I can do something to stand out, like... That's what I got to do today. I got to I got to separate separate myself from everyone else. And if right. I can do that, then there because in the end, all we're watching for is management. Who steps up? Which guy's the best player? Yep. You know, we need to get the best players. And if that guy, maybe we misjudged a guy early on. Hey, yep. look at now, he's coming. Yep. Let's give him another day, another chance. Switch it up. Put him on a different line. Yep. Yeah, you you can't pout, sulk, or whine because if you are, you'll be gone. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the other thing too, especially in this league. I would imagine like overcoming adversity has got to be such a large part of what you're doing. Whether it's you know that quick little thing on a board, like you're not in that squad, coming back from an injury, uh, getting knocked off the first power play unit like that mental toughness of being able to go okay these are the cards that are dealt and how are you going to handle if you did make the team how are you going to handle these situations that are going to happen throughout the season whether no matter what it is you know that ability to just go all right okay i'm going to deliver anyway and that's that's in life in general I yeah think, you know? i mean you have to you know it's it's you know now we always talk about everybody gets a particip- participation medal right, yeah. and, and you get you know that's it's 
some I mean it's great. Is it though, Craig? Not, is that, it? It's not, that for me, it's not the real world. No. The real world, I mean, because now all these kids get to a certain point. They're like, what? Why am I not? And they're questioning everything, and, and they're expected to kind of be given everything. Yeah. Now you have to earn it. You know, that yeah. was one of Bob Hartley had the slogan here, you know, earn, not given. Yeah. And sometimes I think as young kids, and for sure, everyone should play. I'm all about that. Yeah. But in the end, there is some hierarchy and there is some some ways to do it but i mean that's at a certain age i mean hey up until 12 13 4 you you can really do that yeah you want everyone to play as it's fun it's fun yeah it's enjoyable but then there comes a point where you know what it's not going to be like that forever and and, you know we're going to have probably about 65 people we have 40 people at this camp we're going to have 65 people at you know main camp and only 23 guys are allowed to be on the team yeah, so there's yeah. going to be some heartache and disappointment, and, yeah. and it's tough. Well, one of the things, too, that uh, some of the athletes that have been on the podcast have talked about is that when you have players who are at an elite level and they've been, they've been this king of the castle at every group they've been in, when you get to this level, it's now everyone's either equal or better. And that, too, can be a mental roadblock for a lot of guys where it's like, well, I'm not the fastest guy anymore. You know what I mean? Or I'm not the biggest guy or strongest guy. And that takes a reboot, too, and a rewiring of like, well, now how do I find – how do I find my, my place in this group of players? You know what I mean? Because it's been a cakewalk up to this point, and now you hit this wall. How are you going to respond? Like, that's it, a tough thing. It, it is tough. I mean, I was, uh, I was lucky enough. I was always getting a lot of points. Even the year I was in the American League, I was leading the American League in scoring, and Joel Quinville called me in his office. I got called up, all excited. He said, hey, we got our top six forwards here, are pretty set. We're looking for a third-line checker. You know, I know you're a scorer, or – you know, what are you thinking? I'm like, you want me to be the third line player here? I'm in. Right. He said, you might not get power play. I'm like, that's okay. I'd rather be a third line guy here. Right. Than a score. If that's what it means for me to stay in the NHL, I'd rather right. not put a hundred points up in the American league, but be in the NHL. That's my goal. Yeah. So, you know, it's a different mindset though, yep. you know, because Hey, who doesn't want to be the guy scoring the yeah. goals if you're a forward and, and having all the, you know, but Hey, I'd be out there end of the game to save, a, save a lead, win a draw, do that stuff. Right. That was my job. So yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. And I was in the NHL and uh, it took a little bit, but once you get there and, and you kind of say, Hey, what, what is it going to take for me to be there? Because yeah, maybe I'm not going to be the best scorer in the team. That that's uh, but it's hard because we're all wired. Oh yeah, man. a certain way. Yeah, and to take a step back, you feel like I can, I can do it. But yeah, you know, if you're really going to make it, sometimes you have to make those adjustments. Yeah, Mike Comrie said that uh, he had to, uh, or Commodore sorry, had had to uh, had to uh, learn to fight when he didn't want to fight. Because he said he said he was fine to fight when he was mad. He said, but he had to learn as a big guy that when. When, you know, team was getting rocked a little bit, he's like, you got to go step up right now, even though you're not in the mood. He goes, because that's what he realized he had to do to kind of find his place in the league to kind of stick around and keep a job kind of thing. And so I think a lot of players have to kind of reinvent themselves at some point to, to continue to be employable, to be like, yeah, this, that, there's still use here. And you separate yourself from everybody else because you do that one thing that these other guys won't do. You know, like I think that's. That separates people too. It is. I mean, and you don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. You know, you got first. You got to get your foot in the door, and then you try to kick it open somehow. Yeah. And you know that's that's what coaches do though. They they give you an opportunity. The best coaches I've had, they say, hey, this is this is what I expect and what I need. Yeah. So you're not always second guessing because as athletes, we're always wondering, what is he thinking? What do I need to do? You know, the best coaches just said, hey, 
you know what, you're on the penalty kill, you're not blocking shots, you're not winning face-offs, I took you off. But if they just took me off and didn't tell me what I was doing wrong, right. but the best ones say, hey, that's what you're doing wrong, I'm going to put you back out there, do it right. Right. And you can clarity. do it. Yeah, you need that clarity. As, yeah. you know, as much as you think the mental toughness is such a – the mind is such a powerful thing. And yeah. if you're in a good place mentally, usually you get the best out of your game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's – and how much of that – I wonder, like, you guys as part of management, like, we often think of coaches doing that kind of stuff. How often will you guys do that where you'll pull somebody aside and go, you know, bring them in the office kind of thing or have a quick word in the hallway to try and pump somebody up? Or do you kind of leave that to the coaches generally? You leave it to the coaches, but every now and then you see guys, you know, the one thing about we've been with these guys a long time now, you right. know, longer than the coaches. I mean, you know, we've gone through a bunch of different coaches here in Calgary. So for Bill Peters to say he knows uh, Sam Bennett, let's say, right, you know, I wouldn't want to give a message that isn't what the coaches want to kind of put right. out there, but I might have a different way of doing it. Coaches can be a little gruff and hard. Yeah. Like, you know, I think we're Sam or different players that have been here a long time. We're in this together. We've been in this together. We want to win. So we have a, we're comfortable together. So, you know, I can say, Hey Sam, you're pushing, you're trying too hard. Like you're overthinking the game. Yeah, yeah. You know, for me to say that to him might be different than, you know, and maybe Bill doesn't see that right away, right. you know, but I would make sure with the coaches, Hey, do you mind if I just have a talk with whoever it was? Yeah. And then, uh, and this is what I would like to talk to him about. And, and they're usually like, yeah, you know what? It, they hear us every day. We're in their face every day just to have someone from the outside you know, and the one thing is, in the end, we need to get the most out of each player and right. have them play the best. And we know they can give more. And yeah, and and it's just, uh, you know, I'm probably more of a positive type thing. I'm not really. I always responded well. I mean, I got all the coaches I had were tough and hard. And, <laughs> That's right. You know, and it's fine. I like that. Yeah. But you know, for me, hey, something positive every now and then doesn't hurt. No, yeah, and that's where I like to bring the positive side to everything. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But you, you can see it too. I think in any in any line of work, when someone loses confidence, like you just know that. And I guess you're right. When you have these relationships with players, you can see that man. That guy is like you could tell he's too much in his head, or you can tell he wants it too much. And there's that fine line, I think, too, of you got to care, but you can't care too much where you're living and dying on every yeah. single play, and because it's exhausting, like physically and mentally, it's exhausting. Well, you, you know? see, yeah, you see guys. You know, they're missing the net on shots head down look like they're going to break their stick I yeah mean, if you're in that kind of mental you're going to miss this next shot and the next <laughs> yeah. one you know yeah. if you can't let it go like that's where i always say when you get back to the bench i mean you have to kind of regroup and okay you know what Dumb. i can't do anything about those last shifts i can only do moving forward and, and that's why i say <clears> tell guys i said hey you lost a big draw we lost that game yeah we can't lose that you can't be thinking about that next time right in practice bear down get out there do all those little things to put yourself in a great mental spot yep. so when you're like you know what you want to be looking back saying i want to be out there now i want to be put on the ice yeah and you know easier said than done though because the mind is yeah. a powerful powerful <laughs> thing yeah i'm sure i was at a, a charity hot stove that uh, eric francis threw there about a year ago and brian burke was there right so one of the questions i asked brian i said uh, i said you know when you're making a trade for a player so you know all the stats and plus minus and all you know it's data up the kazoo right but i was like how do you know what kind of guy you're getting in terms of character in terms of ability to play with an injury what they're like in a dressing room like how much of a gamble because this is i mean this is a people business you're dealing with yeah. human beings who you know are married or divorced or have kids and all those things like i think sometimes the average fan forgets about all this stuff you just want someone to produce but for you guys how much background work do you do in terms of okay we know this stuff this data 
but what kind of guy are we getting? How much work goes into that, and how you, do you go about you it? You know, quite a bit. First of all, I mean, we're looking at a guy. If we're looking at a guy, I'll just – Colorado. Yeah. So, okay, first thing I do is look – Who's played with this guy that right. isn't there anymore? Right. You don't want to, you don't, I don't like to call people that have, are with the guy right now. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Right. They're not going to, plus it might get back to him. But yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll look and there's always guys. I mean, you know, you play long enough in this league, you know somebody everywhere. Right. You know coaches everywhere that, oh, the, that coach isn't there anymore. Lots of turnover in coaching. He's had them. And then you start doing your background checks like that. Okay. You know, anybody, junior coach you might know. So you want to get as much information from his, hey, because some guys just don't get along with guys. Right. You know, so you just don't want to take one person's opinion. Right. But if you look on a team over the course of three or four years, this guy's been in a team for four years, there's about eight guys that you know. Yeah. You know, that you could probably call whether they're coach. And then that's how you kind of do. That's at least that's how I do it. Yeah. You know, I'd say, okay, who do I know? Who's going to give me the honest, honest, because you hear things, you know, you always, this guy's a bad guy. This, you know, he's not a team player. He's on his own. He's, you know, doesn't get along with the guys, but you want to go and find out all that information. And then that's just another tool with everything that's going along. For sure. So season ends last year. Obviously not the season you guys wanted to have. Disappointing. When you guys got together and had your meetings, what was the overall things that kind of screamed at you? Like, this is what needs to be addressed when you go, okay, this, this is the job over the summer. What were those things that were on that board? Well, we wanted to, we wanted to add some more depth. Uh, that was one thing. We wanted some scoring on the right side. We were looking for a, a right-handed centerman that could win draws. You know, we, yeah. we lost a bunch of games, uh, you know, late in games on the strong right side for a right-handed guy that we didn't uh, didn't have that so right. you know we were looking to kind of bolster those things and and we think we did it yeah you know with Derek ryan coming in he was top eight in face-offs right-handed guy smart you know so he fits a, a box we went out and uh Zarnik is a guy that we targeted early in the american league that we think can come up and give us some scoring on the on the wing yep uh, on the right side, and then you know we we got fortunate to to get James Neal, yeah. you know, and he's never scored less than to knock on wood. I don't want to <laughs> say that, you know, but he's never had less than twenty in in ten years. So yeah, you know, we just want to keep that trend going. I don't want to say too much about that, but you know, and we just said, hey, we want to, you know, obviously depth through the whole organization. We want to have guys come, and uh, we think Spencer Fu is coming. Manji Panny's coming. Right. You know, you want to you want to give those guys a, an opportunity too, you know. But to do that, to, we we decided to make a trade. Yep. Uh, you know, we wanted to get a little younger, so we traded Dougie Hamilton. Yep. You know, and and Michael Furlan and Adam Fox to Carolina for a couple. You know, Lindholm and uh, yeah. and, and and Hannafin are real good players. Yeah, Young, yeah. up and coming. You know, we just felt like we wanted to change the mix up. It was yep. it was just didn't work. The gel, it wasn't there. And yep. To get better, sometimes you got to make some changes, and it's hard to see those guys go. I mean, Michael Furlan's one of those players that he's come a long ways from oh, that yeah. first camp I saw him to, to scoring 20 goals last year. Uh, he, it's amazing the work he's put in and becoming yep. an NHL player. But with that said, you know he would have been an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. So those are the decisions you have to make, and now now we move forward. But we thought we had to change up the mix, yep. add more scoring, and get a right-handed center that could win draws. So right. we felt like we did it all, and yep. you know we felt like we added a great. You know we thought our decor last year was going to be one of the tops in the league, and it wasn't quite where it was. So I don't want to get ahead of myself and think. Yeah. 
but we addressed the issues and now we'll see how they perform uh, come September, October. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would think one of the toughest things to do for you guys in management is you, you either get a player, a young player, you draft a young player, you trade for a player, is to kind of draw that line in the sand of like, man, how long do you wait for potential, right? How long do you go, yeah, man, but he's getting stronger? Or we, you know, Because you, at some point you have to make a decision. Either this person's going to improve or they're already doing the job we need him to do or it's not happening here. Like that's got to be one of the toughest calls to make for you guys, I would imagine, isn't it? Well, well it is. I mean, you know, especially with guys now of the 18, 19, 20. I mean, it's to make a decision on it, it doesn't even seem fair. Right. Because you don't know, you know, just their first time they're in pro, they're away, they don't have billet families or they're, you know, they're on their own, you know, the compet it's competitive. I mean, obviously everybody's yep. fighting for ice time, but you want to make sure what did we see in the player? And if you do make a move, you better be getting value. Right. You know, you just can't do it to do it. And sometimes, you know what happens is a player you think is going to be a top six forward, he ends up being a bottom six forward. Right. Or, he, he, you know, he's a five, six defenseman or just a backup goalie, not a starting goalie. You yeah. know, but you have to kind of – the one thing Al McKinnis always told me when I was in St. Louis, def, defensemen always take longer. Yeah. You know, he said – 24 25 26 is when he really felt like he he started coming into his own right so you got you know and that that's always stuck in my mind that's when we were playing together yep. you know so to make a decision on a 21 year old defenseman it's tough yeah yeah you know you're like are we giving up too early on this guy yeah uh, just because you know now everyone expects that's the problem now it used to be like bigger the way the game was played the younger guys took a while to get them into the NHL. You know, the first rounders, they weren't all in. But yeah. now they come right in and have an impact because they're, they're young, they're fast. There's no clutching and grabbing anymore. Right. And it just frees them up to, to play. Yep. The fighting's not there. The physical play, I mean, it's physical, but not really. Right, yeah. You know, when you see it, you know, the, you know a player like Johnny Gaudreau, when I broke into the league, I don't know if he could play in the league just right. the way it was played. But now the game's perfect for him. It's opened you know? up for him, yeah, for sure. You know, a 160-pound guy yeah. doing what he does is amazing. But if I was able to just grab a hold of him or Darian Hatcher grabbed the hold of him, that's pretty much it. It's over, yeah. Yeah, you're not going anywhere. You yeah. can't spin away, get away, yeah. make room. Because right. you're coming through the neutral zone. You used to get hooked. <laughs> you're just almost to a water ski. Zone. Yeah, water yeah, skiing along. Like, really? You're, <laughs> you're thinking of yourself. Like, you have to battle through all that. But now the rules have made it so young guys can really come in, have an impact earlier. Yeah, for sure. Do you think it, at some point did it come up for you guys? Because one of the criticisms of the team has been that the skill has been there for the most part. But there's been that question of grit, of like, you know, when it gets tough, does this team have what it takes to play in those dirty areas to pay that price? Not about, you know, desire and want, just that you need that type of player who's like, no, I actually enjoy these types of games. I like this grind. As a, you know what I mean? As opposed to someone trying to leave their comfort zone to do it, it's like, no, nah, no, nah, I like this. This is my style. Yeah, do you think that's a fair criticism? Yeah, or you, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, and it's hard because you're trying to find those players. Yeah. I mean, you really are. You're trying to, to bring those players in. I mean, you look at a guy like Gio. Right. He's that player. Yeah. You know, he's going to go through the wall. It's just the way he plays. You know, I think Neil's like that. When yep. the game gets uh, gets tough and it's on the line, you know, but when the game's tough and on the line, I know Johnny's not a physical player, but like Bob Hartley said his first year, there's no one that wants to win more than Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah. So, you know, you need those guys to step up. You know, I think Bennett, always in the playoffs, that's when his game rises. Yeah, yeah. You know, because he's got that bulldog personality. Like, no one – 
You yeah. know, he's that's just him. He enjoys that stuff. But not all our guys are like that. So I can see where people would say, hey, you need more grit and toughness. We just need more out of our guys. Right. You know, when the going gets hard, we need you to step up. Yeah. We need you to we need you to get out of your comfort zone and rise to the challenge. Yeah. Because you know, to be able to go and get all this, it's impossible. You know, it's hard. It's yeah. a hard thing to, to do. But if if we can get our guys comfortable enough to, when they need to, step up and do it, that's what we really need for them to do. Yeah, for sure. I, I always uh, I always think, too, it's just, uh, you know, moving from Newfoundland to here and being in an NHL city for the first time, you know, it was, it was that 0-4 run, right? And, and, like, to me – it was no better time to move to Calgary. Like, this is this is what this city's like all the time. I was on wheels. I'm at the Red Mile. I'm going mad, right? So telling my buddies, you got to get up here. So anyway, it was, uh, it was an amazing time. But I don't know if uh, – I mean, I'm sure the players feel it on a different level. But the, ch- this city changes when the team is in the playoffs. Like, this place, it's a hockey town first and foremost. But you see the casual fans starting to wear red. Everyone's gathered around TV. Bars are full. Like, do the players – you know, it's an interesting time to have this. The rookie camp kids coming in. Do you guys try to impress upon them how much this city cares about hockey, about what market you're coming into? Um, is that something? Is that a selling feature sometimes for people? This the city of Calgary and how it changes with when this team is doing well. Well, it is. I mean, obviously, uh, the playoffs. Nothing like the playoffs here. You know, I mean, and that's in most cities. I yeah. don't want to just say, but you know, when I think about it, I mean, everywhere I that O four run, you drive around the city. There wasn't. Every, all you saw every day. It was yeah. non-game day. It was The city red. bus has it on the... Yeah, I mean, it, it was everywhere. I would go to the schools and pick up my daughter at the time, and, you know, I'd be there four hours signing autographs. <laughs> I'm like, I can't come get you anymore. But, I mean, it was just... And every kid came out with a jersey on. It was, it was amazing. I yeah. mean, it really was. But, you know, I think the one thing that really will be the impression that these kids will have here is we're in the middle of summer. When we have our scrimmage, it's jammed. Crazy. We can't get another person in there. Crazy. I mean, and I think when you talk to people that have been to other development camps, different free agents, they're like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. did you see the people jammed in there <laughs> trying to find a, just to get a look at us? Yeah. It was, it, so that sells itself. The fans are selling it for us. Right, yeah. In the middle of the summer. Yeah. When it's beautiful out. Yeah. They're willing to come in this cold range. <laughs> And actually watch rookies uh, and watch rookies play. Yeah. You know, they want to see. And I said, that's what it's like. I mean, the one thing, this is a hockey town. Yeah. You know, are they as crazy during the regular season? Probably not. No. But there's games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but we have to do, we have to give them some excitement too. We got to give them something to cheer for. And that's what I always said. Like, we always want the fans to do it. Well, let's give them something. Yeah. I mean, when we used to have Oliwal, we'd lose some games and Oliwal would get on that ice. (laughs) And the the place went, you get your Oliwal. I mean, 20,000 strong going. Yeah. They want them. You know, so. It changes. They will, uh, they're. It's just a hockey city, and 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 the playoffs. It's nothing like it. And yeah. That's what, that's what I even with our guys here that haven't some of the guys that haven't been there or haven't done it. it it's it's amazing, especially if you go on a run. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it was crazy that in '04 because we hadn't made the playoffs in seven years, so it was full. I mean, they opened up the the upper bowl. I didn't even know that was there. I didn't know it was tarped off really because you can't see that as a player. Yeah, because it wraps up around. Yeah, yeah. So when I walked out there, I'm like. Holy, you got to be kidding me. I mean, it gave me goosebumps. Yeah. And they were there an hour before the game. Going mad. So, you know, and as it went along, it just crazy. Just intense. I- amazing. But yeah, I remember it, two years ago against, uh, I guess it was against Vancouver. And uh, I remember being up in the up on the top of that, you know, up on the, the sports check section or whatever it was. And it's like, 
literally like 30 minutes before game time, like it was on wheels. Like, I mean, almost like a, like a British soccer crowd. Like where it's just, people are chanting already. And I'm, my wife's like, uh, what's, what's going on? I was like, people are just jacked up, man. I mean, this is like, and the minute you guys came running out, it was like, it was, it's amazing. So like, that's a tangible feeling. That's, that's, and you see it throughout the city. So even the casual hockey fan now is like, oh yeah, I went today and got my flames red t-shirt on. Like it, it's like a holiday season. That's what I compare it to like Christmas. It's like, everyone just feels better. Everyone's in a good mood. And as you go round by round, it just keeps going up and up and up. So um, I would think if you're coming from a city like a Carolina yeah. and you're coming to here, you're like, man, this is this this can I think this could raise your game a level if you if you can, you know, channel it the right way. It really. You know what? I mean, you know, and some people some people it's harder because right. the pressure's there. Yeah. But I mean, if you're a pro athlete, you should love that pressure. Yeah. You want to be in that spotlight. You want people to care and be passionate about it. Yeah. You know, if you go, you know, not to say Carolina, but there's some nights you watch the games on TV and you're thinking, wow, there's not many fans there. No. You know, the lower bowl looks empty. And it's hard to play in those games. You yeah. know, we used to go to Atlanta and you think, wow, <laughs> you know, as a visiting team, you're like, you got to play here every game. Like there's it just, it's not fun. No, you, know, you like to be appreciated. You like that. And I think, I think it'll give these guys here a boost. Yeah. You know, when they come out for that first game at home and yeah, you know, I think we play Vancouver. So our big ride, it, yeah, yeah. it's fun. It'll be it sweet. does make a difference, but you know, you turn on the radio. Hey, that's what I was said. If you play good, you're going to hear good things. Calgary, Calgary doesn't want to put you down. The reporters here, the, the media, they don't want to try to kill you here. Yeah. You know, but if you play bad, you're going to hear it. Yeah. So expect that too. Yeah. Which hopefully gives them motivation not to play bad. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cause it's coming to you. Yeah. Either good or bad is going to, you're going to hear coming. about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing too, getting back to like the whole, uh, people aspect of the game and stuff like you was, a, you know, you had a long career as a player and then, uh, to be on the management side now, how difficult man are, our trades in terms of like you you got to call a guy who's been here a while you might know that guy you might know that guy's family tell me about that that kind of process what that's like on the other side for management it's probably that and sending guys down are my the worst two things that we have to do on this side just because i've been there i've sat in that chair getting sent down at training camp being one of the last cuts in montreal a couple times you know it's even when I got to St. Louis, hey, we're going to send you to play. You know, I got caught, traded, played, get sent down. It's hard. I mean, so when I, I sit in those meetings, I, I put myself in their position. I know what it feels like. And, you know, but in the end, our job is to win games. And yeah. if we're winning games, everything's great. Yeah, yeah. You know, but even sometimes when you're winning, if you feel like you can make an upgrade or help your team in an area, you know, you got you to gotta make a trade. And it's hard. It's hard when you have guys that have families and they like the city and, and they want to, you know, they want to be here. Yeah. And you got to be the one to kind of tell them. I mean, it's, you wake up. I mean, usually, you know, the night before. Right. You're waiting till the next morning. It's terrible. I don't sleep. I don't. Yeah. You know, I'll, I think that'll be the one thing I'll never get used to on this side. It's, uh, you know, people say, well, that guy's got to go. Easy for people, uh, fans to say, I don't like this guy. He, you know, we know these guys personally. Yeah. They're all good guys. Yeah. They're, they all mean well. They're all, they're all nice guys. And that's one thing about hockey players. I haven't met too many guys that I say, oh, this guy just can't stand. I right. actually enjoy all of them. Right. So to do that and to know, you know, the other thing is, the only thing I can think about on a trade, though, when I got traded, another team wants you. Right. In my mind. So, you know, I didn't want to come to Calgary, to be totally honest with you. When I got traded from yep. St. Louis, winning a President's Trophy, had a team that we thought might win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. 
and I was crushed. My wife was crushed. We wanted to stay in St. Louis forever. And then I was a third line checker. I came here. All of a sudden, I'm on the first line with Jerome again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I mean, I think for that split second, I always think, hey, it's a terrible moment. Yeah. And, and every now and then, some guys need that change. And they're actually looking forward to it. Right. You know, so that, that might be a good thing. But in the end, all great cities. And if you have to do that, you know it's going to be okay. It's just a hard, hard, hard day, hard week. I mean, if, especially if you have kids. Yeah. To move your kids from city to city with going to school and put them in. But it's amazing how well they adapt to. My kids, they were crying, lots of crying, lots of upset. But once they got there a week in, yeah. it's amazing how quickly they, uh, they adapt. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, about that, you know, you know, you could be on the road somewhere. A player could be on the road. It's like you're being traded to uh, you're being traded to Nashville, and it's like that guy doesn't even get to go home. He just has to go straight to Nashville. The wife's back home with the kids, and she's got the house, and now the pack up. Like that's the thing I think people forget about too. Like you know, and you, there's people, there's guys who have, have kids with learning disabilities, and they're in a special school. Like there's a whole trickle down effect from a team making a move. You know, yeah. that's what we see it as just a headline on a ticker. But like, there's people involved here with kids and wives, and and you know, like, what do you mean? you're going to net like yeah the house you know like that's and do you stay in that city now do you sell the house right like all these other things that most people don't have to deal with on a daily basis right yeah i mean and it's in an instant i mean i remember the first you know i got traded from when i got traded from montreal to st louis it was a great trade for i was in the minors yeah so but going from st louis to calgary i was crushed we were in philly trade deadline day i was one of the last trades that day i went right into columbus then we went to Detroit. I got to go home and grab my stuff in St. Louis. Uh, you know, I had about six or eight hours. And then I was out in Calgary for the next two months. And my kids were little. My kids were little, so they didn't even uh, they wow. didn't come out. You yeah. know, And Calgary, unfortunately, we, even if we won every game, it was only 14 games, and we weren't going to make the playoffs no matter what. Right. So, you know, but she's there, you know, upset. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure. Never been to Calgary. Didn't know what was going on. And, it, and it's stressful. And yeah. then... You know, needless to say, she reads the paper, and Eric Francis was just ripping me. <laughs> we got enough checkers, and we we got enough checkers in Calgary, and and pretty much Jerome McGinley said the same thing. Like we got enough guys like Craig Connery. We don't need this guy. So you know, you you read the paper, and I kind of think you know, I called her, and she's crying. They don't even want you out there. You know, Corey Stillman was leading scorer on the team, and I right. understand, and I'm a third line checker. Yeah, you know. Uh, Craig Button said, I see more in you, Craig, than what you're doing in St. Louis, but you're winning President's Trophies. You have a chance to win a Stanley Cup. You're going to be a bigger part of this team than maybe you were in St. Louis. So behind the scenes, I was getting some love. <laughs> Everyone else, you know, and the Don't media, need him. I mean, yeah, we already got that guy. Yeah. We already got that guy. We just That's traded right our leading scorer. This is a terrible, terrible trade, and we've lost. Yeah. Now. What are we doing? We're going the wrong direction. So it's amazing, you know, and yay, it's, we're human. We're humans. Of course you want to see what they're thinking, what, you know, but after the first couple of days, I just quit reading, reading the paper, told my wife, don't, don't look at it anymore. I go, we'll have to prove to everybody. Like you said, yeah. we'll have to prove to everybody. It was a good trade. And it was, it was something that worked because <laughs> if you just went off what you read the first day, I might as well just packed up my stuff and went home. <laughs> This is a bust. Uh, don't sell yeah. the house just yet, honey. Yeah. I think uh, we're going to figure something out here. Uh, it's amazing, yeah, man, because I, I feel like you know, people walk into situations all the time, and, and you can't quite often control the cards that you're dealt. But you know, the old saying about you, know, you can control how you react to them. Like in comedy and entertainment, 
it's the same thing. Like a career is fleeting. A phone call changes your life. An email changes your life. An offer here, an offer there. And it's the ability to kind of just flow with it and make the most out of it. Um, but it seems like that's the same kind of thing with professional athletes. It's like you can't control it all. You can't control quite often how much playing time you're going to get or where you're going to get traded to quite often. But how do you take that and channel it into something that's positive and make the most out of it, right? That seems to be the kind of thing that, that – people have to get through their heads yeah i mean and that's what like we said it's hard the first couple of days like yeah. you're like it's almost like you're in shock you're like what just happened you know and you're a little nervous going into a new situation new teams you hopefully know i knew val Bure coming in so at least i knew somebody yeah but you, you're hoping you know somebody or when i came back to calgary tough yeah. It felt great. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, and then the standing ovation I got sitting on the bench. I mean, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it right now. Like the way they embraced me coming back. Yep. That was an easy one. Yeah. That was a no brainer. I mean, I was like, let's do it. Excited. Yeah. You know, so there are things, times when you're excited. If you're not, the one thing I always say as players, we just want to play. We want to be in good situations. If the hockey's good. Yeah. Everything else takes care of itself. Right. You know, so. You know, but I do still take into consideration it's not I, I feel uncomfortable when I'm telling people. I think this year I told Eddie Lack, you know, we're putting him on waivers and, and we're we're gonna send him down. We were in we were in uh, in Dallas, you know, and that's a hard conversation to have. I mean, but that's my job. Yeah. You know, so I do it the best I can and as nicely as possible. But yep. you know, and he said, Hey, you know, I understand I didn't play as well as I could and I don't blame you guys, yeah. you know? So he took a little pressure off me in those conversations. But if you send out guys in the minors, they kind of know it's coming. Yeah. If a guy's coming off injury, they, they, they're nuts. Hey, these guys are smart. They know the rules. They know everything that's going on. They right. know what's happening. And, uh, and for the most part, they understand. It's always the last couple cuts at camp that are hard. Yeah. Because they're thinking. I got a shot. La- yeah, I'm there. And yep. you know what? You're crushing a guy's dreams. A guy's dreams of play in the NHL. And you're taking that away from him just for the time being. It yeah. could be a day. That's what I always tell him. Could be a day. Could be a week. You can't ever give him a time frame because if you say, hey, you'll be back in a couple. Two weeks are calling you. Yeah, okay, like, you said two weeks. I'm so here. On. Got my stuff back. What's yeah. happening? So you got to be the careful because the, they hear every word and you got to be careful the way you word it to them when right. they're going down. For sure. Yeah. Um, I want to talk. People often talk about player development and uh, we talked a little bit about being patient with guys. Talk a little bit about development in management because no one ever talks about that you know when someone steps into management it's a pressure-filled job pressure-filled situation how do you how do you gain knowledge when you're on that side of it because these decisions are we're talking wins or losses we're talking jobs um axe is going to fall if if team is not winning and and at the end of the day it's going to go back to management and go these are the decisions that were made from the coaches to the players personnel um how do you gather knowledge, kind of a collective wisdom, when you're, when you're new into management? You're trying to find your way as well, I would imagine, mm-hmm. coming from the playing side. How do you go about that? Well, interesting. As a player, you pretty much know everything in your mind. <laughs> you know, I, I knew everything. I know exactly how this is going to work. Yep. And then you get over there, and it's not how you think. Yeah. You know, it's an eye-opener. It really is. And I think you're like, okay, you have to take a step back and kind of, you know, for me – it's asking questions. Jay Feaster, when he was here, when you were in Tampa, when you were here, watching how he kind of runs his, his business, yep. and then Brian Burke came in. He runs it completely different. Right. You know, and Brad Treleving runs it different than Brian Burke. So to kind of go through, and there's things I like from each of them. Yeah, yeah. That I, I would say, okay, you know what? I would, I, I want to do it like this. I yep. want, I, I have interest in, in this, the way he does it. You know, and then you're also making your own opinions, you know, 
would you how would you run the team if, if you were in charge right and you're putting a plan together and you're putting so when you go into your job interview this is how you want to structure things this is how you want your pro staff your amateur staff you know your europeans you know you're really putting together a plan a blueprint that's kind of the way i look at it it's a blueprint it's like i had a summer jobs building uh I built a timber frame house yeah. at barn and we literally, we got to the land and we cut the wood down. We, we built the road in there, cleared all the land. They had backhoes out there. I didn't know how to drive a backhoe, <laughs> do any, you know, and we built this thing. We went and skidded out logs and hand planed them with, with the Sammamish guys and we dried the wood. So I saw every step of the way. Right. And I think as a player, I've done a lot of the, I've seen that side yep. and I'm trying to learn constantly from this side. You right. know, you're always, Hey, I'm watching something. You know, if Lou does something, his rules, you know, which rules would I like? I don't like all the rules. I, I like some. I, because I do think as players, we want structure and rules. Right. And know what do we have to do? What do you expect of me? Lay it on the line. The gray areas for players don't work. Yeah. For me, it never did. Yeah. I don't think it would. And I wouldn't have that. These are the rules. Yep. Follow the rules. We're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't follow the rules. Then we have a problem. Yeah. But at least they know there's a problem. You can't go back and say, well, you broke, you, you did this. Yeah. Well, well you never it, mentioned that. Right. Oh, that's how players think. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I thought. You yeah, know? yeah. So I've had coaches and most, you know, the Montreal Canadiens in that organization, the way they run that organization, it's a proud organization. And I'm thinking, you know what? To put that jersey on, they made you feel that's an honor. You yeah, know? yeah. And I think you have to build that. Yeah. But you have to build that as, a, as an organization. So, yeah, I've been able to, to kind of look back. And also, when you're not in the big chair and you see a mistake or what you perceive a mistake, you're like, okay, I learned a lesson and I didn't take the bullet for that one. Right, you yeah, know, yeah. I mean, someone else was taking the, the hits for that, yeah. you know. And, and so going through, you know, this will be my ninth year coming up. And you can kind of sit back or eighth, ninth year and, and say, okay, you know, and you're putting a plan together. So when you get an opportunity, you know, you want to – you want to – because you only get one chance. Yeah. You want to avoid – as many of those mistakes, hey, you have to take calculated risks. Yep. You know, you have to, but you have to be, in my mind, it's organizational discipline. You have to be disciplined. You have to know when it's time to make the moves. You right. Know, you don't want to rush this thing. That's, everyone wants to win the Stanley Cup next year, next year, next year. I think, you know, the way I've looked at it, I want to build something where we're consistently in the playoffs. And when you, you might have to add a couple pieces and, to give up first round draft picks and, and do that. You might have to do that, yep. but I want to be, I want to do that to win a Stanley cup. Yeah. You know, that's in my mind, that's how I, I would build my team. Yeah. You know, if, if I ever get a team and you know what, it's just about young guys, salary cap, how you spend that cap. You know, I, I kind of, in my mind, I have each spot on that board has a figure yeah yeah <laughs> and, and, and if someone does special something very special and is on the fourth line but i feel like that's special yeah you pay more for that you right. know but you don't want to just pay a ton of money just to have a player you know if you sometimes hey you got to pick up off waivers you have to college free agents junior you know european free agents those are where you really you got to find those diamonds in the rough yeah you know how you draft your drafting philosophy i mean everyone's got a different way they they go about it and making trades you know and obviously the one thing i've learned from brad is hey he's got a great pulse on every team what's going on so i think that would be a, a major thing i mean you know brian burke said he did it methodically where he would pretty much call each team once a week 
kind of keep in touch, you know, just so we know, you know, Jay was more sit in the weeds and wouldn't, wouldn't, I didn't think he reached out as much, but he would kind of let them come to him. Right. You know, so it it was all different, but, and I mean, Brad calls a lot. Yeah. I don't know if I would call as much as Brad. Right. You know, but he's just got those relationships, but I do think you have to know exactly where every team stands. So it's, it's a fine line. Everyone's going to do it differently. You know, how you build your staff around you is important. Yeah. You know, I think I think you put really good people around you and then you let really good people do their job. Right. Like Brian Burke always told me that. Like a couple times, I'll tell you a quick story. Just Brian and I were here. Yeah. So he was going to the Olympics. So I pretty much had everything. Right. It was probably the most I've learned since the time I've been here. Yeah. Because you get to do all of it. Yeah. You know, and I kept calling him one day about some <laughs> minor league stuff. He says, let's pretend you can't get a hold of it. <laughs> He goes, we're just going to play a game. You can't get a hold of me. I said, perfect. He goes, just make the decision. You got to believe in it. You want to make it. Make that decision. And let me just tell you, I'll back every decision you ever make. Right. You'll never have to worry about that. Yeah. Behind closed doors, if you make a mistake, I'm going to rip you. Yeah, yeah, And I'll let you know you made a mistake and why you made it. But you and I are on that. We're we're in this together. So don't worry about that. I mean, it was it was the most empowering thing thing for me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So I went about my business, and a couple of times I got some two thirty in the phone calls in the morning. <laughs> and you said, "Pretend you can't get." Home. <laughs> he's like, "You might have made a mistake here." And Bob Hartley was on the phone, and we're kind of like, "He's like, uh, Bob's like, uh, I think he didn't want to call that player up. He wanted the other one." I'm like, "I got you. Okay, <laughs> we're, we're making the change. Don't worry. You know." You, <laughs> But it was great, you know. Yeah, yeah. Going to get, he let me go get Johnny Gaudreau, and there was a time when we were getting Johnny Gaudreau where I called and said, "This is going sideways. I don't know if he's going to sign with us." Berkey said, "No problem, Craig." He goes, "At some point, you'll know. You pull the contract, and you know we'll move forward." Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, they private jet in. They're talking about, you know, there's odds back in Calgary whether he comes, whether he doesn't sign, and you know, my wife's like. You better not come back without him. You know, <laughs> you make this happen. Peter Hanlon and I were sitting there. I'm like, not looking good. You know, this is going poorly. It's going the wrong way. It really yeah. is, you know. <laughs> and uh, in the end, at 1230 at night, got the deal done and uh, pretty lot of pressure off. You know, it was it was stressful. You know, yeah, and yeah. those are the things. But Brian wanted me to feel that pressure. Right. You know, he I, said, feel it. You're going to you know? learn. You're going to learn is, from it. This is the only way you're going to learn. And I mean, I thought maybe this is the first and last thing I do. Yeah. I mean, the owners really, I mean, obviously they let me take a private plane into Philly to get him to bring him back. Yeah, yeah. And to come back without him would have been a, a huge, huge disappointment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, and now we look back where he is and what kind of player. And at the time, you don't know. He's yeah. a small, unbelievable. You knew he was going to win the Hobie Baker. Great, great college player. But you don't know how it's going to play out. No, you don't. And now you look back and you think, whew. Yeah. <laughs> She worked out. Yeah, if he was doing this on another team, I, I might be, uh, I wouldn't be probably sitting here talking. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have worked out. Um, all right, so 04 run. Do you have a good story from the 04 run that you'd like to share? That something where you're like, man, no one would know this, but this is what happened either during a game, after a game, during that run of the playoffs? I, oh, man, there's so many. I, it's hard. I mean, you know, I, it's like one thing at, when Cook scores in game seven to tie it and Jerome, we, you know, the locker room, the, oh man, one good story. I got, I got a million stories. I'm trying to think of one that I can actually tell on the air that, 
<laughs> this is this. It's, there's no censorship on this, by the way. Yeah, as well. so I this mean, goes out, but it's one of those where, I mean, it, it's just you get caught up into it and just the excitement and everything that's going along. It's almost like a dream, right? And it's the longest two months of your life, and you look back and. That's what brings that team together. You're closer with that team than probably any other team just because you made that run. It's weird how just one little thing like that. Yeah. We, you know, the most disappointing thing is, is jelly goal in game six. Is it in? Is it out? Is it not? But, I mean, I just think the overall ex- experience, I remember, well, I'll tell you, kind of. So in game uh, four, I think it's game four here, I get hit, lose my, and, and don't have, but get hit with a face with a goalie stick yeah, yeah so we're going in and, and i'm a mess he kind of swung it around i was going by the net so the, the goalie stick hit me right in the face i mean knocked my teeth in broke my jaw wow. uh, so we're sitting in the back and and the the doctors there the dentist is there were i mean i look over it looked like a bomb went off there blood everywhere my you know and then you kind of hear the docs talking and and they said hey we're gonna this is a mess. Your face is a mess. And I'm like, great. <laughs> my mind. But you're in shock a little bit. So yeah. I remember Daryl walking back in. He's like, we got to hurry up. We got to get him back out there. <laughs> so I'm like, holy cow. I mean, you know, in my mind. So I remember getting all this done. And they said, we can either Novocaine it or we can just do it. Right. And I said, well, I don't really feel it. But they didn't tell me, like, with my jaw, they had to go this really thick wire. Right. And they had to pull it back into place. So I should have maybe told them to freeze that then. Oh, man. Because when they put that, it was like a pop, pop through the top of my mouth. And when they literally pulled it back together, it might have been the worst experience of my life. Oh, man. But, you know, you just think, and then I put a cage. I didn't play that game. I put a cage on, and away you went after moving forward and you know, those are the things you see guys, Rob McGear playing with the injuries, the game seven, we ran out of gas, yeah. no, nothing other than we ran out of gas and we had injuries. Sean Donovan had a, you know, MCL. It was done. Nothing you left. Know, couldn't play. Couldn't, yeah. shouldn't be skating. Rob McGear of guy, people that had a high ankle sprain, he was playing with a high ankle sprain. I mean, it's amazing to see how those guys battled through and to get to the last game. And, you know, obviously it would have been unbelievable to win it all, but yeah. to be with those guys and be a part of that group was, was pretty special. I mean, and how you just come together and, and just, you know, you'll never forget it, Yeah. but it is such a grind. I mean, you're playing every other day for two months, you know, the fun story is probably Rhett and, you know, Kami was in and out of the lineup. Yeah. So he, he could go down. Yeah. I was exhausted. <laughs> I was going home, you know, I'd hear all the honking and I just wanted to get home. Yeah. But I mean, I think uh, it's just a group. The one thing about that group, we had some fun. Yeah. You know, more so during the season for me. Yeah. You know, when when we did something, the whole team was there. Oh, cool. You know, Jamie McLennan, when he was before he got traded, he kind of was set it all up. We had a good time. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, mean, I don't. I don't want to tell the young guys how much fun we had, <laughs> we had. It was always a good time, but you know, Rhett, Reggie, Kami. You know, Monador, just a great group of people. Yeah. And and those parties were, were legendary at Rhett's house. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, we got in a little bit of trouble out there. <laughs> His 
poor neighbors. It was like cowboys uh, after. <laughs> cowboys, all the cabs, and then at Rhett's house, all the cabs. Just going mad. <laughs> that's the thing, too. Like, I mean, it, that's come up a couple times on the podcast, too, is, is that that off-ice or off-field thing about, you know, camaraderie and team. People, some people say it's overplayed and oversold a little bit. Like, you know, we were a group of brothers and yada, yada, yada. Some people go like, a mm, little bit of lip service. But other people really, really put a lot of weight and gravity to it of that when push comes to shove, if you have that kind of bond off the ice, you're going to dig a little bit more for each other when you're out there. Uh, is that something you're trying to impress upon these these guys coming in? 100%. I mean, we're looking for guys that fit into the group and want to be a part of it. I mean, hey, good teams I've been on, they're tight. Yeah. You could say, hey, I'm going to have a steak. We're going to Italian. We're going to this restaurant. And then whoever shows up, away you go. Yeah. I mean, I've been on teams where there's just clicks. Right. These five guys always go together. These three guys, they never have done as well. Right. So for me, I believe it. Like, yeah. I've lived it. I believe it that the tighter you are, I mean, and people say, oh, that doesn't matter. You know, and some teams, some teams aren't. Right. You know, like, because I've heard stories about maybe some of those Islanders, Islander teams, they didn't all hang out. Right. They weren't all best friends. But also, what they said when they walked in that rink, you're not going to find a closer. Because I just assumed outside the rink they were that tight, too. Yeah. They said, no, it was, they, they were all, hey, all friends. But they weren't, like, hanging out all together. The time. But yeah. when they got to the rink, it was a whole new level of togetherness. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I guess it doesn't matter outside the rink. But when you, when you walk in through that Calgary, those doors, you know, that's what we're trying to build. That, yeah. The, these guys, like that Islander team that are going to go to war and win all those cups, there's a reason. I mean, I see the 04, uh, you know, the 89 guys here. Yeah. You know, we skate in alumni games and we hang out with them. I can see why. You know, yeah. you just feel like, I, I know why these guys won. Look at these. These are great human beings. Like, yeah, yeah. And it starts with that group. But, yeah. I mean, that's what we're trying to build here, too. How much of it is, uh, you know, such a high-pressure world that you guys live in generally, but how much do you guys try to impress upon these guys to enjoy it as well. Like, I think, I think back to about when even now is, you know, doing stand-up, for example. Like, you can feel pressure. You can feel this is a big show or this is a festival. This is a big opportunity. But the times when I'm at my best is when I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm prepared, but I'm in the pocket and just enjoying it. Do you try, guys trying to press upon the players the same thing? Like, look, man, you're in the NHL. There's a part of you that should take this in and just, you know, not that you rest on your laurels and coast, but there's got to be some enjoyment level to it, too. Or I think, do you, do you try and get that across to the guys? You know what it is. I mean, this is a great life. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's a great life. you got to pick your spots. Have your fun. Yeah. You know, you're always, you're always representing the Calgary Flames is what we tell them. But, hey, we want you to go have fun. You know, yeah. you, you see the guys, want the guys to come back to Stampede. Yeah. But you're still, when you're in the city or you're in, if you're in Florida or you're in California, you're always representing the team. And that's the one thing now with Snapchat, all yeah, of the yeah. different, you're never It's on 24-7. Yeah. So, you know, not that, you, you know, we want them to have fun and have a good time. And, you know, I know a lot of the guys are over at the World Cup watching the World Cup soccer. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, you yeah. know, those are things you have – those are things you're going to do and you're going to remember them for the rest of your lives. Yep. Whether you can go to Super Bowls, if it all works out, whatever you, you know, for me, it's all that stuff. Yep. You know, you're going to ha- you're going to have fun. You're going to go out. You're going to, you're going to be together. Yeah. It's just pick your spots. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what, you know, the one thing Daryl and all the best coaches ahead said, we want to have fun here. I'm going to give you the time to go as a team and, yep. and enjoy it and take time off, you know, whatever you want to do and you enjoy but you're also now it's a small world yep. and you're kind of always in the spotlight, no matter what city you think you're out of it. Nah, yeah. It can be out there in a, an instant. Yeah. And we see everything. It's over, you know, 
Yeah. And, and that's the problem. But you do. You hey, they're making great money. They're having fun. You want them. You want them to enjoy all the hard work that they put into it. Yeah. You want them to enjoy that. But it's a short career. You don't yeah. want to mess that up either. That's what you try to impress upon them. It could be a. It could be a year. It could be five years. It could be ten years. It could be fifteen. And maybe if, it, if it's twenty and you're lucky. Yeah. I mean, I never took for granted. I got to play seventeen years, and you always there's always other kids coming there's always people that want your job and i never took it for granted i yeah. mean that was the one thing like daryl sutter said why are you always smiling <laughs> you're pissing me off honey. i said i never thought i was going to play one game in the nhl and here i am at 700 when i saw daryl right. you know and now i'm over a thousand you know i said he goes okay you can smile the rest of you guys know you know but I, you know you didn't want to take it for granted because yeah. i never did i never thought i was going to play in the nhl so to be able to do it live a dream and enjoy it yeah. you know to go to you know to go down and to the masters we went there took my dad you're afforded things that you might not ever be able to do so enjoy that stuff i mean i never thought i'd go watch the masters play and yeah. what an unbelievable experience it was yeah but you want to do that stuff yeah. when you can yeah i think you so know? and i think it lets a little bit of the pressure out of the valve you know what i mean like when people are you know like when i first started stand-up i remember being in my hotel room shows at eight o'clock and you're like walking around the hotel room and i'm rehearsing everything i'm going to say and then after a while i was like Man, why don't I just go outside and enjoy Vancouver, wherever yeah. I was? I'd have far better shows because you're not just wound up tight like a drum. Like you could actually go out and experience life and enjoy it. But it, it took me a while to trust that and, and just get into that mindset of like, just go live your life, man. You're still gonna be prepared for eight o'clock, but you know, don't go nuts. But you know, but there's that balance, right, of, of both. It would be like, I mean, I might have a heart attack if I had to do what you do. <laughs> you know, I mean, to go out in that stage, and I always think, and you know, when it's going. You know, in hockey, we're a little bit separated. They're yeah. not, I mean, they're yelling at us yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. They're giving it to us. But overall, <laughs> I mean, how are you? It's good to see Love you. It. You know, overall, you're, it's to do what you do. You're by yourself up there on the stage. I mean, I, I can't even imagine. That would, <clears throat> I, the, yeah, I, so I can see why you're pacing around <laughs> the hotel room. But like you said, you know, to get out and just, and, and we're trying to do it too. You know, we talk about, hey, how do you, who deep breath, because, hey, stuff goes bad. You know, you just did something poorly. That was a mistake. There's no hiding from it. No. There's no, it didn't, it didn't go the way you want. It's on a screen being replayed in front of you yeah, three you, times in a row. And you know it's on Sports Center. You fell down, guy gets a breakaway score. You're like, ah, Steve Eiserman, we're in a playoff game. He, I was playing defense. He put it between my legs. Thank God, Roman Turk or Grant Fuhrer, one of them made a save. But you're like, this could be a highlight forever. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> this is the start of you some know? hockey broadcast. <laughs> I'm like, you see Eiserman's goal still in, uh, yeah. over Casey's shoulder. And you're like, that's never going away. No, no. You know, and I was thinking that when he, did, he put the move on me, I'm like, uh oh. Save, you've never seen it since. Never Just happened. That day you saw it. Yeah, next yeah. few days, like, woo. Goes away. That was a good move. <laughs> good job, Steve. <laughs> Uh, no so, one needs to see it. Yeah, but yeah, to what you do, I mean, I do understand, you know, and it's and it's different for each person yep. and how each person can handle it. And, you know, it's and that's why now we have psychologists. We have people, you know, we want we have people you can talk to, you yep. know, because you don't know, you know, you need to you need to give our guy. We give them as many options as they can have yep. you know do you need help in this area do you need to talk to someone do you, you know do you want to if it's not with someone on the team do you want to go somewhere else like yeah you know you, you get make it all available to them and hopefully they take advantage of it because it you think you're mentally tough and everything but when you go and actually like talk to someone else you're like oh that makes sense yeah you know like 
that's what they're that's that's their specialty that's what they know how to do that's their profession yeah and it makes a difference also too i think sometimes uh like the process you've used to certain points in your life those processes may not work at this level you know what i mean so that your game preparation in junior college it's like yeah that was good kid eating five hot dogs the day of a game it's like you ain't getting away with that here at this level so sometimes it's it's breaking down those old patterns to go yeah you got to let go of that and and you're coming into a, a big boys league here like does that happen too oh for sure i mean well you know when you're the big dog and when you're a little kid and then you get to you know as you as you go up through the stages the way you trained when I started, the way you trained, the way you lifted, the way, you know, now the dynamic warm-ups. We never had a dynamic warm-up. I, never, is- I mean, we just sat down, you had a coffee, <laughs> and then you got ready, and then you went and you did your warm-up on the ice. Right. Now you've, yeah, I mean, now you've got all the different things that you do leading up to actually going on the ice and do your warm-up. Yep. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's ever-changing, and we're always looking for that edge. Technologies come in. How do you get better? How you should eat? How, you know, how many hours? The rest, the sleep. The, you had no clue. We yeah. had no clue. You know, so you're always trying to, what's to optimize, to make you the best player possible, how it is. And, and the guys are like, oh, yeah, I never did that. I actually feel better when I do it this way or when I do it that way. Right. You know, so sure. it, it is amazing how it's changed <clears throat> from, you know, in, in the 90s when I started to here we are almost you know 20 years later crazy it's uh it's night and day yeah. i wouldn't have i would have never trained the way i did then now it yeah. doesn't make sense excuse me and i would imagine too for young guys it's like you you have young guys coming up and now here it is you're a pro now you're making some money you're living away from home uh there's a lot of distractions right you got social media you might have some girls knocking on your door you know what i mean like there's yeah. a lot of like for a player now to try and keep focused on, okay, we got practice tomorrow morning at 10 and to be focused, there's a lot of distractions, maybe even more now than when, when you guys started, I think, you know, there's more, there's more, there's more stuff pulling for your attention and for your time, you know, for sure. You have more people in your ear too. I mean, and that's, that's the thing, whether it's, I mean, right now, probably one of the, the bigger things is like Fortnite, you know, people play Fortnite all night long. And you know, so you're not getting the sleep. They right. go after games and you are wide awake after games, but I know, it was called the duty before. Now it's Fortnite. It, yeah. it keeps moving. And I mean, it's not just, I mean, it's the way of the world right now. Yeah. You know, so you got to try to, hey, you can play Fortnite for a little while and then maybe go to sleep. Time but, to bed, yeah. But I mean, you know, you don't want to play until five o'clock in the morning because yep. then it messes up their whole day and then it moving forward. Sleep so powders. you're always trying to get them to, you know, how do we, and, and, and things are always happening that we don't even know about. Right. Management finds out last what's yeah. going on, but you know, you're trying to, you know, Brian McGrath's here and him and Johnny are going, Johnny wanted to learn how to fly fish and do that. So he's doing that now, Why not? you know, so you want to, you want to help guys and say, Hey, do you have any interest? How can we help yeah, yeah. you do other stuff just yeah, yeah. to make the city more fun and you enjoy it yeah. and not just go home and play video games or yeah. do whatever, you know, enjoy some life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for it's, sure. It's amazing how it, it just, the way of the world with, with everything that's out there now, yeah. there's just so many things and so pulling you in different direction, people pulling you in different direction, but it is, it is hard because they have, they have all their people you used to just have your agent. Now there's your skills coach, your, this guy, that guy, the other <laughs> a lot of people, and, <laughs> yeah, then, exactly. and then we have all our people on this side, right? You know, so that's uh, it can be a little overwhelming for them, for sure. Entourage versus entourage, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> all right, so uh, two things to wrap up. What is uh, the rest of your summer look like, personally, for you? What uh, so you have this camp this weekend, uh, and then for you, what else happens after this? You know, this camp wraps up, and then uh, I actually uh, probably from now 
I guess July 15th, I'm going to go home. Yep. I got a place, so I'll go home, see all, see my family back out east. Uh, we're on the lake there, so nice. see them. And then August 1st, I got to go out to Kamloops. Right. They have uh, World Junior Camp out there, so I'll be in for that. And then kind of back, back to the lake. And then uh, come here at the you know middle of August, end of August, and not then, a lot of downtime. Then going to China, so yeah. I am. I'm Brad and I are on the Brad Trelevin and I yep. are going to be the ones on the trip to China. Oh wow! So uh, yeah, so you get it is nice to get a break because there's a lot of hockey. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Up until now, you would, the season's been over a long time, but getting ready for the draft, getting ready for development camp, getting ready for free agency, it's been nonstop. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's been busy. You think when all the games are done, it yeah. would, it would slow down, but. It just ramps up for you guys. And that, that was a big eye-opener coming from a player. You know, when the season's yeah, over. You're off to the lake. You know, you work out for a couple, two, three hours, and then you're done. Yeah. I'm like, I wish you could just do that. <laughs> I, I like that schedule. <laughs> At the lake, you get four or five months. Hopefully you don't get four or five yeah, months. Yeah, exactly. But when you do, yeah. you know, that was the biggest shock, how, you know, you get a month maybe. You it's know, year a couple round. weeks here and a couple weeks there, and then you're right back at it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, but now you can do you know, I I can do everything on the computer, phone calls. Yeah, you don't really need to be in Calgary. A little bit all more the time. mobile, yeah. Yeah. Um, final thing is, so season coming up. What are the goals for this team this season? When you look at this, is what I mean. Obviously, Stanley Cup is the goal, ultimate goal yeah. for everybody. But how do you guys measure where you are? What are the goals this year? Have they been set already? Or are they still they still uh, up for discussion? You know, I mean, it's always it's always make the playoffs, one hundred percent, and then then it's winning a Stanley Cup. I mean, that's every team. Every team sitting there right now. Okay, we got a fresh start. Right. You know, we want to be more consistent. We want to be. Our home record was not nearly good enough. I mean, if we were just halfway decent at home we're in the playoffs yeah you know so we know the power play that's that's a big thing we're trying to work on so i mean there's definitely goals we want to set for ourselves come out the start your first five games first 10 games i mean you want to make them small goals yep and, and get off to a good start this year i mean we've we've fallen up behind early and when we had to play catch up we had to have an unbelievable record yeah. for a stretch two years ago to make the playoffs you know we want to be consistent hard-working team you know we want people to come in here and say wow you're in for a it's not going to be an easy night coming to calgary i think there was too many nights last last year where they come to calgary like oh here's two points yeah and away they went yeah so we want to make this a hard building and we got to set that tone in the first couple games of the season so you know everyone's like whoa it's yeah. not going to be like it was last year. Not the same squad. Yeah, and, and, and we want to give those guys the confidence that, hey, we believe in this group. We believe this is a playoff team and that we're going to have a chance to make a run and uh, yeah. you know, get them off to the best start they can. For sure. All right, man. Thanks for Thanks doing for this. Appreciate me. it. Cheers, Appreciate brother. It. Thank yeah, you very much. Man. Cheers. How's that for a piece of audio entertainment? Huh? Craig Conroy, Assistant General Manager of the Calgary Flames, everybody. Okay? Letting you know what's happening, what they're thinking about. There you go. Don't I get the goods for you? Don't I? Don't I deliver the goods? Whatever those goods are, aren't they being delivered? They are being delivered. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. More great episodes to come. i uh, got a great chat with Rory Scoville coming up, one of the co-stars of I Feel Pretty with Amy Schumer. He's coming up. And also, I got the lead singer of the iconic Canadian band, The Watchmen. Danny Graves is going to be uh, on the podcast. We had a fantastic conversation uh, as they were in town a bunch of weeks back doing a show that was also incredible. So just some killer episodes coming up. So make sure you get yourself on back. 
And thanks for you who are uh, continually listening week after week. I really, really appreciate it. Also, don't forget to give us a review um, and a like on iTunes. I would really appreciate that. That would mean a lot to me uh, if you could do that. And, uh, yeah, any comments, you fire one off to Trent at Trent'sComedy.com, and I will do my best to get back to you. Thanks for listening, and uh, have a killer week out there. Uh, you deserve it. I mean that deep down. You have a good one. All right. Talk soon. Bye.